Breathing in diesel exhaust fumes is like walking into a fire without a mask. Over time, those toxins lead to cancer. Protect yourself with MagnaGrip, the easiest, most reliable exhaust removal system that features a true 100% seal to eliminate diesel exhaust fumes. To get free grant assistance, visit MagnaGrip.com. This podcast is brought to you by Flex 7 from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Like a trusted turnout jacket you've had for years, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric delivers a perfectly broken-in feel on the very first wear. Flexible, comfortable, and powered with the strength of Enforced Technology, Flex 7 Outer Shell Fabric is made to move. To learn more, visit tenkatafabrics.com slash flex7. Flex 7, powered by Enforced Technology, only from Tenkata Protective Fabrics. Hi, welcome to Fire Grand Strategies and Other Stuff from the Street with Anthony Avillo and Jim Duffy on Fire Engineering Talk Radio, where firefighters come to share their knowledge, their ideas, their opinions, and most of all, have a little bit of fun at the same time. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome to the early summer edition of Fireground Strategies and other stuff from the street. I am actually sitting on my deck watching a beautiful sky while doing this show tonight. Pretty exciting and pretty happy. Um, summer's finally here. Chief Avillo, how you doing? How you doing? I am sitting actually in my car waiting for my family to come out of a restaurant, and I am looking at the... I'm right on the Sandy Hook Raritan Bay. So I'm looking nice. out across the water. Uh, I can see New York City in the in the far, far background with the Verrazano Bridge. Um, really cool, beautiful sunset here. And uh, what a great day it was. was on the beach today for a little bit. And uh, real nice. Real nice. Great. Great. Um Chief Avillo and I have uh, just returned from uh, Syracuse, from New York State Association of Fire Chiefs uh, annual conference, 217th conference that they've had, uh, 217th annual conference. So this has been an ongoing event. Um, So, Chief, how was your ride down? Coming back? Yeah. Oh, uh, it was good. You know, I was with uh, John Lewis, who is uh, – uh, great speaker, and um, we drove back. It took us about four hours to get back, but uh, it was good. Really not a lot of trouble. We hit a lot of rain. We hit a lot of rain. We hit some big, big storms or big, big drops and thunder and lightning, oh, my. And uh, <laughs> but, it was, <laughs> but it was okay. It was good. It was a good conference, good people. And, uh, you know, um glad to be able to, you know, share the, share the knowledge and uh, – and pass it on, you know? Yeah, it really was a great conference, which leads us to the subject of our show. Um, some of our listeners don't know how Chief Avila and I do this show. Um, we don't plan our, our show. We do not script our show. Um, we treat it like a kitchen table in a firehouse. So 
Sometimes we'll know the subject we're going to talk about. Sometimes we have guests. Uh, but for the most part, we just have a conversation. So whatever um, the topic is, we'll just talk from our hearts. Uh, there's nothing written down, um, which makes it kind of nice, which makes it kind of comfortable. And uh, we welcome anybody to join us. If you call in at 760-454-8852 and you have something to add to conversation, you're more than welcome. So tonight, as I was just saying, we were up in Syracuse uh, this past week. Uh, It's a great conference, great training. They have hands-on. They have classroom sessions. Um, It's pretty good. But one of the things uh, Chief Villa and I noticed while we were watching, and it's not new because I travel around a lot, go to a lot of conferences, FDIC, um, you know, Minnesota Fire Chiefs Association, uh, Ohio Fire Chiefs Association, whatever. But they're all a similar observation you make when you're at these conferences. A lot, and I'll say most of the people look like me, which you might think is a good thing. Um, but a lot of gray hair, uh, a lot of older firefighters, and a very noticeable – some of us have great mustaches, not all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's an obvious lack of younger people, and um, this is concerning to me. Um, Us guys are not going to be around forever. And uh, we need the fire service to grow. So we were kind of um, looking at this and thinking about it and wondering what the problem is. Well, there are younger firefighters, but they're not stepping up and stepping out to go to these conferences um, and try to expand their knowledge. Firefighter 1 or Firefighter 2, yeah, they're great basic stuff, um, but there's so many knowledgeable people out there willing to share their knowledge, uh, both hands-on and classroom. And um, I think it would be great for them to try to attend and also reach across the bridge between the older and younger members. But on the flip side of that, we were out at the block party on Friday night in Syracuse, and um, I noticed a group of young people, young 20s, um, probably about nine or 10 of them. So I'm walking over there, and Anthony says to me, he goes, well, yeah, I'm going to go talk to them. So I went up and asked them why they were here and what they thought. And they all at once pointed to their chief, who was, you know, maybe 20 feet away from his head because of him. And um, I was floored. That, to me shows a true leader there, but it also shows me that these guys are interested. They want to learn. Um, And the chief was probably not even 30 himself. Maybe he was, but to me, he looked like he was younger than that. Um, So Chief Avila and I spoke, and I'm going to have him chime in here and uh, tell everybody how cool you thought that was as well. Well, it was kind of funny because uh, the first guy that I think I, I talked to was actually that chief, and I thought he was one of these, like, younger kids. And remember, he was, like, I think he was, like, 38 or something like that. Like, he was maybe early 40s, but he didn't look that. So I think the first no. thing I said to him was, does your, does your mother know you're here? 
<laughs> and they were like, well, he's the chief. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, you know, we said to him, look, you know, you're, you're, you're doing some really good things here. You know, you're bringing these guys here. You're, you're, uh, you're setting a great example for them for, by being here yourself. And, uh, you know, it, it was good. They were from well, – and we also met – there was a kid there from Canada. I think originally from Canada. But he was from Canada, and, and he was sort of, I guess, he latched on to these guys. And uh, some, it was, uh, it, 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 okay. Yeah, it was, it was nice, no, he, though. It was, um, we were able to, okay. No, I was saying he was born in Canada, but he, um, he's been living in Plattsburgh, and he's a, a volunteer in Plattsburgh, New York. Okay. Okay, yeah, because I remember he had the backpack and had the Canadian flag on it. And, uh, but they, they were, you know, they were good. They, it was, they, were, they were hungry, you know, and, and that's, I think, what you got to do. And, you know, maybe maybe it's a function of, of you know, uh, a group of guys, you know, like, like with, with like-minded sort of interests, whereas, you know, sometimes it's hard for, like, one guy to sort of uh, blaze his own trail in a lot of ways, but it, it seemed like these guys were all – it was very cohesive, and that's what I thought was really cool. <clears throat> there was like a cohesive unit of these guys, and they were all sort of, you know, uh, they all sort of had the same interests. And I remember we were talking about, you know, ladder companies and engine companies, and, you know, he's telling them, you know, any, any idiot can pull hose, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of calls about that one. Um, you know, and the real work is ladder work, you know, and then we were going back and forth. But, but it, it was nice, you know. It was, uh, it was very, very refreshing. To see these guys, and, and you know, listen, we see a lot of young guys at the FDIC as well, you know, um, and maybe it's the same ratio. I don't know. We also see a lot of older guys at the FDIC, but you know what? Um, these smaller conferences, not a lot of people um, get out to the FDIC. So, you know, wherever you have a conference, where you have, ever have the opportunity to uh, to learn and pass things on, and maybe get in there yourself, and 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 you know push something out there as far as like doing a class or getting involved in, in, in hands-on or something, you know, that, that's what you should do. I mean, that's how I started, you know, I'm sure that's how Duffy started, you know, just, you just get, you know, you, you, you kind of start from scratch and keep on scratching, you know, and uh, I think that, um, that that's an important thing, you know, uh, we can't be afraid to branch out of, of our own sort of, uh, um, parameters, you know, our, our home team, our hometown, you know, you got to move out of there, you know, and, and you have to accept, you know, there's a lot of different um, opinions and things on, on the way to do this job. And you want to share all that and absorb all that so you can make your own decisions. I agree. I also think, and not to say that <clears throat> your department or my department, anybody's department is um, unqualified but what happens if you only learn from your own department, um, you repeat the same mistakes over and over. If they are mistakes, if you're doing something good, you repeat the same good things. But what happens is you become inbred. And I know that sounds like I'm saying something derogatory, but if you only train with your own people, you're kind of uh, missing a lot. Uh, seek outside training. Um, something you go to you may not like or it may not work in your district 
and that's okay. Then don't do it. But learn what else is out there. Um, different types of equipment, different time kinds of hose loads. Um, we were discussing the other night with these guys about on an engine, putting the extension ladder on the outside. You look at most engines, the roof ladder, the 14-foot ladder is the one that's on the outside. So whenever you have to use a ladder, for the most part, it's the extension ladder you use. You have to take off the 14-foot, put it on the ground to get the 24 to go to the second story of the building. So in my department, um, we learned from, I don't remember where we learned it, but we learned it outside of a department to put the 24 on the outside. Simple, simple things like that. Um, different ways mm. to pack hose. Um, you know, there's a lot of discussion lately about the fly in, the fly out when you raise your ladder. You know, when I first got in the fire department, no, the fly had to be out. Now it works both ways, and I know that. I've seen it used both ways, sometimes by mistake. But, um, you know, don't become an inbred. And um, I want to get a little bit away from that part of going outside. But I hear a lot of discussion about these young kids. And it's not just in the fire service I hear it, you know, kind of doing quotation marks with my hands, you know. But uh, these young kids, you know, right. they don't want to work. They don't want to do anything. Um, they don't care. They don't know anything. Well, why do, don't they know anything? The world's different. You know, I heard complaints in my department before every time. Well, these guys never started a chainsaw. Well, you know what? They grew up in the suburbs, you know. They learned how to write code for computers. There was no use. So we need to teach them. We don't need to embarrass them and say, oh, I can't believe you never started a chainsaw. Come on. Um, maybe people are afraid to step up because of what they don't know. Um, welcome you know, some of our problems with the younger folks is is on us. Some of it's on them. You know, um, you know, they come in and they want to be, you know, senior firefighters the first week there, some of them. And but the kid next to him is a home run. Tons of questions, works his butt off. Go as soon as he comes in, he checks his equipment, puts it on, relieves the other guy, washes the truck, um, Tops off his cylinder and his air pack. Not just checks it, he tops it off. You know, so they're all different. We, we can't judge them the same. You agree, Chief? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I do. I do. And you know what? I, I think what happens sometimes, you get people that maybe are just a little tentative to, sh not, to not be exposed to what they don't know. Um, but that having been said... You know, sometimes when you get you get a group of guys who are are sort of working together, who are are interested in the same things, it 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 uh it kind of kind of causes that meshing, you know, where okay, well, you know what, why don't we all learn this together, you know? Um, but here's a question I got for you now. You just talked about fly in, fly out, right? Yeah, go ahead. So, so explain that to me. Because they were talking about that the other night, but it was loud. I really couldn't hear what they were saying. Explain that to me with the the uh, the uh, the fly in. What the advantage to the fly in? Is, well, is it from the halyard side of it, where you can pull the halyard from a better spot, or some people uh, I, say that? Some people say that. Some people say there's more strength in the ladder. 
Um, what I have learned, I'm I'm old school, so fly out. That's the way I was taught. You know, um, the one thing with the with the fly out, you either have to look up or use the click system, which you described beautifully the other day, and maybe you should describe it again tonight. So you don't have to look up and crick your neck if you use the click system. You know where you are pretty much. But some people say, well, if you have the, the, the halyard on the outside, you can see easier to when you're at your goal. But there are many other ways to do that, as you well know. I'm, right. What I learned was that it will work either way. The latter is safe either way. And, uh, um, you know, maybe I just assumed from fire school when I first started that the fly always has to be out or it's not secure. You know, um, but I am comfortable with it both ways today. Wow, that's interesting. That is interesting. Cause I, I remember I thought they were talking, too, about raising it with the fly out and putting it against the wall next to the target and then flipping it over. So, I mean, raising it with the fly in, putting it in target, and then flipping it, and now the fly is out and it's right where it's got to be, which to me seems to like be like one more step. It's an extra. Um, but they were talking I, I about right. An... The, the idea with the halyard is, you know, when if you're if you're pulling a halyard from the outside rather than the inside, and you kind of do get a better look at it. But um, unless you're really good at raising ladders, it's hard to sort of guesstimate uh, just by looking at the ladder going up as to whether you're in the right exact spot or not the right exact spot. That's why we use the yeah. click system. Yeah, as long as we're on that. Um... Most of the books, especially the beginner books, I'll call them, um, they talk. They have three different placements for a ladder. You know, you place it right. under the sill for a rescue. You place it to the right of the uh, window for, you know. My thought is always put it at the sill of the window. Just below, so no matter what you need, it'll work. Yes, is it, you know, so if a firefighter has to bail out, it's below the sill. Um, they can get out. If it's in the window, it's going to delay them. If you got a rescue, it's going to block victim removal. So if you're ventilating, it's okay if it's at the sill. It's not the book answer, but I think practice putting it always in the same spot, right at the sill of the window. Um, it will work for anything you're doing. And again, that's my opinion. I know that's not what the books say, but I just like, you know, so, okay, I'm going to put it higher to do this or next to the window to vent, but now I have to make a grab or a rescue. Now I have to lower the ladder and move it to the sill because I don't want to hand the victim to the side of the window. What do you think of that? Okay. Um, that kind of makes sense. It's a, it's a you know, a jack-of-all-trades type of approach to it. I guess, um, yeah, because the book, what does it say? It says have the, the top of the ladder, uh, you know, even with the top of the window um, on the windward side. And, uh, you know, the, the roof operations is the roof operations. And then, of course, the sill under the sill. I mean, that's what I've always taught. That's what I always believed. But, uh, like I, I always said was, you know what, if you're, if you're close when you're dealing with ventilation and all that, you know, you're okay. Um, yep. But as far as the... Uh, you know, the rescue, you know, that rescue raise, you got to be, you know, dead on balls accurate, right? It's an industry term. Yeah, and that's, that's 
I agree with that, but what I'm saying is, okay, I'm, I'm, I placed a ladder for ventilation, like you said, on the side, um, on the windward side. Now I cleared a window, and now there's someone there. Now I have to move the ladder. You know oh, I mean? okay, so, I, okay. I so I think yeah, if I you just oh, if you always put it, and again, Jim Duffy's opinion, if you always put it for the rescue or for the bailout of the firefighter, you don't have to move it. It's there. And okay. um, right. So so if you raise it four clicks above the above uh, the sill on the on the windward side because you want to do a ventilation, then. If someone shows it a window, you got to drop it four clicks. Uh, okay. So what you would do then that, is you would you would raise it to the sill, but it would be it would be off to the windward side, where you could still break the window and still sort of be out of the way of the falling glass. That that kind of makes sense. Um, the roof yeah. thing is a different thing altogether, I guess. But oh okay. yes, I, that, that, that doesn't I'm make not, sense. I'm not talking about roof, but I you know what? In my department, we we didn't even put it to the side, the sill. So no matter what. So how, a, 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 go ahead. So how do you break the wind? How do you break the window then? With uh, with well, you're you're on the ladder. You're like uh, directly under. You're gonna break the window. You all oh, the glass is gonna hit you. He, he, wear your PPE properly. <laughs> That's yeah, know, I guess. I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to simplify. No, Again, no, I work. You in know, a, I work with limited manpower, so um. Right. Doing double double things sometimes, and you know what? Um, it's not always accurate. You know, we don't know. You know, sometimes we will be on the side, but I just think, you know, um, I think we try to be so technical sometimes that we and could possibly hamper a rescue or hamper a firefighter bailing out, and. Um, no, you know, that, that makes sense, man. That does make sense. Because when a firefighter wants to bail out and they got to reach over and roll the ladder or someone has to roll the ladder and bring it down four clicks, two clicks, um, it's it's scary. You know, and... Uh, yeah, again, because there's, there's a time frame now and, you know, and a smoke spiller went out the window and it's going to turn the fire at some point. And, you know, we're sort of, you know, dicking around with the ladder. Kind of, that does kind of make sense. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, to vent the window and, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I might give you that one. Well, you know what? It's something worth a try. There's, and it's something, the same discussion I get in with nozzles, smooth bore or uh, adjustable nozzles or fog nozzles. You know what? I don't care what you do. Just make sure you know what its limitations are. You know, if you have a smoothbore, right. what are the limitations? What are the um, right. advantages? If you use a fog nozzle, what are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? So know how to same pump goes it. for yeah, but same goes for ladder placement. What are the advantages? Like you said, your ventilation. You're on the side. You're on the windward side. You're up higher than the glass is going to fall. That's a big advantage. But if someone needs to bail out, now you got to, you know, move the ladder, lower the ladder. It's a disadvantage. Uh, so just uh, understand what whatever you do, the pluses and minuses. There's no right, and there's no wrong. Well, there are some wrongs, um, but right. 
just understand what mm-hmm. you are doing and uh, what, again, pluses and minuses. Wow. And um, Yeah. Well, I, I have to say I learned something new here tonight, Jim Duppy. And I thought I was uh, knew everything about ladders. That is actually you make a lot of sense, my old man friend. Well, <laughs> my old grandbrother. <laughs> you learn by um, when you screw up. Honest answer. Yeah. Okay. What can we do to avoid this happening again? And that's what. We, and again, um, one truck company, you know, three man ladder company. You know, it's um, you don't have a lot yeah. of. You, there's nobody, and if that ladder has to be moved, there may be nobody around to move it. Right. No, you know, later not. on. You know, they might yeah. be um, nobody standing cutting there, the roof. Nobody's standing there watching the ladder. Right. Right. So, um, just a thought on that. And back to our subject. Interesting. Um, these younger kids don't know anything. I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go use the Wayback Machine and bring us in 74 when I joined the volunteer service on Long Island. So my dad was a volunteer. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. When I turned 18, I joined. And um, being a young man of the 70s at 18 years old, I had very long hair. Um, Most of um, my fellow firefighters, a little bit older than me, just got back from Vietnam or... Um, you know, were in the service themselves or, you know, all clean cut, crew cuts, you know, and then my people started drifting in and, you know, we probably were not the most loved bunch of people and they probably looked at us, these guys don't know anything, um, you know, they'll never be good firefighters, um, blah, 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 blah. It was probably the same. I mean, not exactly the same, but we were a new generation coming in. And, um, you know, and then the first fire you get, you know, he's like, hey, they're not so bad. You know, and that's slowly what happens. Um, So I don't think it was that much different when we became members. When you first joined Weehawken, um, you were the new guy. How did that feel? Can you remember um, back that far? It ain't back as far as the 70s, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I do remember my first days there, you know, and, and you know, being the new kid and um, just uh, just trying to fit in and learn as much as I could every day, you know. Um, I had great officers. I had, there were great firefighters. There were, you know, people that were interested in me. Um, and, uh, but I do remember, you know, part of it was I was in a, um, on a shift with Chief Flood actually was captain at the time and we were very progressive and we, you know, we were doing a lot of things that, you know, nobody even in in Hudson County were doing at that time. And, you know, we were, we were upset in the apple cart, you know, and there was, a lot of pushback from a lot of people, um, um, you know, on our department. And, uh, you know, all you could, uh, all you could do is just, you know, continue to do the best that you can do and, uh, and, and know that when you're, you're going out the door, um, you're as prepared as you could be. 
You know, that, that, that I think is a big, big piece, you know, like, you know, say, well, be the firefighter, you know, you want to come and rescue your family, um, you know, all that sort of thing. But you know what? The, the, the end of the day, you want to be as prepared as possible to go out that door, you know. If you're not, you know it, you know. You, you know, everybody everybody knows knows their own sort of uh, personal kind of limitations and, and their, their strengths, you know. And, uh, and 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 sometimes you learn those things every day. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, you just talked about that ladder thing. I didn't know that. You know, I, ne- I never considered that. You know, um, and I think you have to take, you know, take a. You got to be able to take a hard look at yourself. That's really one of the most important things. And sometimes taking a hard look at yourself and and maybe looking at those around you might push you into another direction where, you know, hey man, you know this is or unfortunately. Uh, a close call or something like that may push you into another direction where you know you uh, you take to take it a little more seriously. Um, yeah, you hope that never happens for anybody, you know. But uh, that's uh, that. Sometimes people get scared straight in this business, and um, or they start studying for a captain's exam, and they say, "Man, I, you know, I really don't know anything about this job." And now they start studying, they try and, and they start to figure it out, and. You know, they either they either figure, you know what, I don't give a shit about any of this stuff, or they say, you know what, I better give a shit about this stuff because my life depends on it, my crew members' lives depend on it, and uh, you know, I, I kind of think sometimes you wind up at a fork in the road, you know, um, where I agree. you move forward, yeah, you move you move forward and you push yourself in a department forward, or stay back and you and you, and you kind of sit on the bench so to speak, and, and you know, the, the job moves around you, um, and, and you know what I mean? I, I, I think I, I think every firefighter has that, has that moment, man. They have that moment where you, you're either going to, you know, step up or step back. Wow. Pun included to Frank Bissett. Or step <laughs> out. Exactly. Wow. Sometimes. I, you know, step up, step back, or step out. Yeah, and, and sometimes that's that's the right thing for some people to do, but they don't know it, you know, and um, they kind of get locked in it, especially on the career side. This is my job, you know. I'm getting a paycheck, I'm getting a pension, and they really shouldn't be. And I've only met one person like that. I really shouldn't be here, and, and they're a liability, and, and that's dangerous. But all of this that you just spoke about leads back to our original discussion. Get out of your firehouse. Get out. Go elsewhere. Hey, I never knew that. Um, if you just stay in your own department, I'm not saying, you know, you have to go to every conference, you know, go to FDIC. If if you can get there, it's the best experience you can have. You have your choices of everything. Engine company, hands-on training, leadership training, uh, pump operator training, uh, hose Ladder. I mean, I can go on and on and on. You know, building construction. That's where we fail our young firefighters, building construction and fire behavior. We're still not giving them enough in um, the early firefighter one, firefighter two, and even company training in uh, individual departments. They're not doing it. Um, you know, sometimes you talk about things and 
you know, you get the blank stares from the students in my classroom. They never heard of this, you know, and they, and that's dangerous. Fire behavior and building construction are so important, and we don't put enough stress on it in the earlier classes. So go to a conference in the, maybe the next city, maybe the next town. Maybe someone's coming in from Atlanta who's going to speak that you've never heard of. Um, maybe somebody's coming from FDNY or just um, the small community next door where the guy's um, – he's a construct, he's a volunteer firefighter, but he builds houses. He stands in front of your company and talks about the inherent risks, you know, knee walls. Most of the um, Cape Cods where I live, uh, not where I work, but where I live, all have knee walls. Um, they're a time bomb, and most of people don't know about uh, that yeah. until it goes boom, you know. Yeah. So. Yep. Get out of the firehouse. Get out of your firehouse. Go to FDIC. Go to the local county conference. Go to the local county fire academy if something special is going on. Connecticut has um, a speaker series. Uh, New York State has, um, oh, what is it called? The seminar. Same thing, series. speaker series. Right. They call it. So, yeah. you know, someone's traveling New around. Jersey has um, a division of fire safety classes. Yeah. You know, I know Mike Campo was just doing the ones in New York and uh, Timmy Klett. You know, you can pick up something, even if you're in the busiest company in in the city. Um, you can in pick Mineola. up something. Eh, you know what? They're still burning. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. But you know what? Um, good group of guys down there. Um, you know, it's where my... Uh, my baby teeth were cut, you know. I saw yeah. some uh, good stuff down there and uh, really got me excited about doing what I chose to, for a career afterwards. Um, so everything, you know, everybody. But I want to plead to the more senior members to work with these younger guys. Bring them on board. Excite them to go elsewhere to learn. Ex train in your firehouse. You know what? You've been around 20 years. Show them something that's not in the books or their firefighter ones. You know, something that you learned. Um, size up mistakes that you might have made. Uh, one that I always talk about, you know, you talk about mini all. I was a, a young volunteer lieutenant, and um, we had a fire. It was middle of night, 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. I pull up on the engine. I have uh, three other guys with me, chauffeur and uh, two firefighters, and a woman meets me at the curb. And now, you know, it's only 15, 20 feet to the front step of the house. Downstairs, right. grandpa's downstairs, grandpa's downstairs. So immediately, I took, it was a basement fire, immediately I took my crew and pushed into the basement, looking in the basement, searching, 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 about... I'm going to say six minutes later, truck company found grandpa on the first floor. He was in a wheelchair. He chalked himself into the corner. He went to get his cane so he could get out, and he dropped his cane behind the wheel in his wheelchair, and he trapped himself there, and um, he asphyxiated. He died of smoke inhalation. And, um, wow. What I, 
it turns out this was a mother-daughter house, you know, the um, in-law apartment. She lived right. on the second floor. Her smoke alarm's going off. Her room is filled with smoke. She wakes up. She's in a panic. She met me on the street screaming, Grandpa's downstairs, Grandpa's in a panic in her brain. She's saying downstairs. And I'm assuming downstairs means the basement. What I learned from that for the remainder of my career, if anybody says somebody's in there, I say, where, what room, point to it. Not just downstairs may not mean to her the basement because we're standing on the street. Ah, wow. 30 yeah, seconds wow. ago, she was standing on the second floor. So it just, I learned from that experience. The Emmy said he, this gentleman died before we got there, and I'm going to believe that till I go to my grave. But um, the difference is, she said downstairs, I assume. What about language barriers? What are they saying? You know, so size up pin information. Um, I learned a very valuable valuable lesson that day. And I share it as often as I can. Um, I share it in all my classes um, when we talk about size up. Wow. You know, when you dispatch, you know, fire yeah. on the third yeah. floor. Well, is the fire really on the third floor or is it a balloon frame construction and there's fire on three floors? Do you know what I mean? So um, dispatch information, occupant information, dig deeper, find out more information. You know, so every call... Hopefully you learn something. Uh, don't become complacent. But we need to share this with these new, newer folks coming in. Most departments aren't as busy as they were years ago. They're not getting as much experience to grow and learn themselves. So don't be the old curmudgeon in the back of the meeting room or the old curmudgeon at the kitchen table that never says anything. You have experience. Share with these guys. Excite them. Tell them about the good ending. Tell them about what you did to make it better. Exactly. You know, listen, everybody's got those lessons they learned, but also lessons learned are also good lessons, too. You know, they don't just have to be bad lessons. And uh, that's what everybody thinks. You know, lesson learned is something that bad happened and we learned from, you know, and a lot of times that's what it is. But, you know, a good lesson is, is also a lesson nonetheless, you know. And, uh, again, when you're well, – when you when you when you're working with younger guys, you got to pass that stuff on. It's like every every call you go on, you should you know almost stand in front of the building and, and say, look, okay, what's the construction here? How's the fire going to spread in this type of building? You know, what do we? How are we going to uh, you know create? You know, where are we stretching our lines? That kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Um, Hi but, everybody. Yeah, there's, there's always lessons to be learned. Hang on, yeah. Everybody's getting in the Hi, car. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, you want me to drive? Hello, Hello, Hello young lady. <laughs> yes, I have my two daughters, and Lee is in here with me. And we, they were just, they're just coming out of the restaurant. I was in the car, so we're we're just heading back home. So, um, what kind of restaurant? Okay, I didn't lose. Off the water. Yeah, it's hanging. Yeah, it's hanging out into into. I guess it's Raritan Bay. 
Um, and uh, like I said, it's a beautiful, beautiful night here. Um, it's cold. <laughs> I know it is cold. But, you know, you talk about the, uh, you know, lessons learned and things to learn. This area right here used to be nothing but bungalows. And now it's, you know, it, it, it's, you know, three and, and four story lightweight construction buildings, you know, wood frame buildings. Um, some of it with no access on the, on, the, on the rear side because of the water. I mean, these are things that, you know, and, and actually some access, no access because of, of, of swamps on the other side of the road. You know, these are, uh, these are things that, 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 you know, departments need to know. If you, if you can't figure out, you know, what's, uh, what's right and what's wrong or, or what's right and what's weird, in, in your own jurisdiction, then, you know, you're, you're always going to get surprised at the wrong time. Yep. Yep. But, again, you have to share with the newer people. That's that's kind of where I, I, I started talking about this show because of um, those young guys you met in, um, in Syracuse. You, you know, they were uh, from central New York, real rural, you know, uh, 20-man volunteer fire departments, maybe 30 men, you know, they say 20 active. What I'm saying, you know what, it's so good to see. So we have to keep them excited and keep them moving forward because some days we're going to be that old, well, maybe I'm there already, but um, that old guy who's not fighting fires. Oh, you, we, oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. But I feel, but I feel good. But, yeah, you look good too, brother. Um, but yeah, no, you're right though, and and maybe sometimes it it it, it might be advantageous to like uh, you know almost like uh, reverse roles and turn the table and you know uh, give them an assignment and say like you know all right, bring me to a place that you would be concerned with if the fire broke out there. Like tell tell me what problems you think that would uh, it would cause and and what solutions you think you might have. And if you don't have the solutions. Well, those are the questions you have to bring forward. And, and that's the beauty of mixing the, the new guys with the old guys. And, and, you know, sometimes that pulls the old guys sort of out of their shells and, uh, yes. and you know, uh, reignites them, you know. I've had so many times when, uh, when, when my passions have been, you know, resurged and reignited, you know, one of them being the time we did Tactical Perspectives. You know, you, you, you kind of get a little sale sometimes in your own place and, you know, things just, you know, cruising along. But, you know, and then something comes along that just, like, reignites your spark, you know. And, and that was I, one of the things for me. I mean, it's happened probably five or six times in my career, you know. Well, that's where I met you, by the way. But, um, yes, sir. you know, those are some of the things that, you know, these younger guys might be able to, you know. If the young guys don't ask questions, the older guys never have a chance to show them what they know. Correct. Sometimes. But sometimes, you know, again, there's nothing like getting a probie on your shift, right? Yeah. You get excited when you have the new guy. And, and I agree with you 100% there. We stole a little bit from Vinnie Dunn. Um, we do, we used Vinny. to do, yep, we started doing quick drills on my shift every morning. Uh, so we would sit down, I would put uh, a picture on, picture on a sheet of paper, and there'd be 10 questions. Where's the location of the first line? Where's the second line? Uh, 
where do you need to ladder the building? What is the aerial device? What are your collapse concerns? And what we would do, we would go around the table. I would never tell anybody right and wrong if they were right or wrong, unless it would like kill somebody. So, you know, okay, John, where would the first line go? John, and then I'd say why, and he would tell me why. Okay, next guy, where's the second line? You know, and it would go around kitchen table and everybody would, you know, and it was very, very challenging. You would take, sometimes the brand new guy would come up with a thought that none of us would have had before because he came, was never a firefighter and was never taught what to think. And he came up with a, a great solution, you know? So you've got to make them all feel comfortable to be able to talk like that. And we used to do um, life. We had it, fortunately, behind our headquarters, we had a, a training building. You know, we could do class A fires in them. And what we do is we'd switch it up. I'd be the company officer, and one of the lieutenants would be the IC. And, um, and one, of the, or one of the firefighters would be a lieutenant, and I would be a hose jockey. And everybody would change roles to do it. And um, it worked out really well for us, you know, but then our, our call volume got too busy and that was happening less and less. But every morning, no matter what, we right. did our quick drill. And uh, that, oh, that really... That's the same thing, but... Sorry. That's the same no, go thing ahead. with just assigning people to take the build, take, sign people to take building pictures. And even if yeah. they don't understand, you know, you say, look, take a picture of a building that you would either be concerned about or you don't know what the construction is or, or there's something weird about that building, take a picture of that. Bring it in. Let's let's talk about it. You know, we'll, we'll visit it. But, you know, let's talk about this building. And, and you know, because, uh, you, know, you know, the idea is, you know, if you get, you get a fire in there, you know, we, we want to be more educated in, in how we're going to respond to that particular building. You know, it's, it's, there's, there's no – sort of limit on the, on those types of drills that you can do to keep everybody interested. And uh, sometimes what I found, and this is something that I got from Flood, was give the drill to the firefighter. Give him the responsibility of, of coming up with the drill. You know, of course, the company office is going to help him with it, and they're going to, you know, um, uh, uh, be there while he teaches it. But, you know, let the, let them grow a little bit. And, and do the drill, you know, and you keep it simple. You keep it, you know, where where they're going to be successful. And uh, there's lots of ways to do that and engage these younger people because that's the problem. If you don't engage them, they're going right to their phones, and then you lost them, you know. So I, I, I think keeping them away from the whole phones and social media thing by engaging them in the firehouse and out on the training ground and, and out in your district is, uh, you know, uh, a real valuable tool. It absolutely is. It, <laughs> you hit it right in the head. But again, they have to be, and I'm looking at this now in hindsight. And, um, you know, sometimes the 20 year curmudgeon can be very, very dangerous. You, you got to excite those guys. So they transfer that excitement to the younger guys. And I get it. There's some guys, I worked with a, a guy uh, when I first became a lieutenant, was the best firefighter I ever worked with, but he didn't want anybody to know it. He didn't want anybody to know it. You yeah. know he just kept low key, you know, never. 
And uh, almost the first week I was there, I, I talked to him. I said, you know what? I get to make the final decision around here, but I'm going to really rely on you. And then I kept taking him, hey, and sometimes I knew what I was taught, but I asked him, you know what? I don't really know how you guys do this here. Could you do this drill for me today? And I don't know whether he knew I was full of shit or not, but he would take the drill and go with it. And he started getting more outgoing with the, the younger people. Knew but he used to just kind of just hang back because he didn't want to know anybody to know how into the job he really was. Because you ever crawling down the hallway with him or down a base with him? The man was incredible, but he just didn't want anybody to know that he loved it. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever well, worked with anybody like that? Yeah, you know, there are times, and this happened in Wilton. We talked at that in North Boston when we first regionalized. Um, some guys figured out that it was okay to be into the job because there were a lot of yeah. other people who thought just yeah. like them that are now on a, sh- a new shift in a new department and are like, whoa, I, you know, that's, I didn't think that that was here, you know. And, you know, like, like four, a fire department with four shifts, like four different departments. Each one has their own culture. And a oh, small yeah. department sometimes. Yeah, a small department sometimes can uh, can squash, you know, the enthusiasm of of a, of a younger guy or even two younger guys because, you know, it's like 10 against two. But when you have a department, you know, one of the things I learned with North Hudson, you have a department that's got a lot more guys, you kind of – we kind of found guys that were looking to uh, branch out from, you know, underneath, like, some of those type of cultural things and, and you know, even company officers – when I first got on my yeah. ship, the first platoon, um, there was a lot of, uh, um, it, it, it was a shift run by an older deputy, uh, you know, and uh, a lot of these guys who really wanted to, like, step up their game saw as an, op- as an opportunity um, when I became a deputy to, like, sort of step up their game because, you know, they knew I was going to support that, you know, and uh, there were guys that, that, you know, while they were kind of lying fallow a little bit in a, in sort of a, a, a toxic environment sort of turned turned up the you know the gas and they uh you know become really 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 good officers when given that chance you know and and that's one of the things you say to these younger people you know just because there are people in your department that are sort of frowning upon the fact that you want to learn stuff you want to know stuff you know it you know keep keep that keep that fire within you because you know don't let anybody sort of sort of quench your thirst. Uh, I'm, not, I'm sorry. Don't let anybody sort of not quench your thirst, if that makes sense. Yeah, it um, makes sense. Quench your fire. Don't let them stop you. Don't let anybody quench your fire. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. The idea is to build the fire. And, uh, and I, I've seen that a lot of times in a lot of different places. I've seen it, you know, down in Monmouth County where, you know, there are departments that were – traditionally and historically like you know um uh, not as um uh, not as enthusiastic as they could be but then when we would get people coming through the academy and then they'd be coming through an additional classes now they're moving up the ranks they're starting to build those departments and move those departments forward you know and uh and and they you know and and then it becomes contagious and now the people that they're influencing are moving forward, you know. So there's, there's never a time when, when there's, like, no hope, you know. Um, every day is, is, is a day to sort of move 
you know, move your department forward and 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 push the mission, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, you know, I wholeheartedly believe that we need to excite the guys coming in the door. Um, you talked about the phones briefly earlier. Um, it's an issue. Um, it's a big issue. I walk, I stop and I love where I worked. I love the guys there. Um, you know, people start asking me opinions about things they disagree with. They go, Hey, tell me how your family is. Tell me about the last job you had. I don't want to hear about your labor relationships, your grievances. I don't want to hear anything about that. And then when I talk to the chief officers, they want to talk about, I said, I don't want to talk. Tell me some good, you know what I mean? Um, and I try to, so I, I sit down with them and, and I talk to them that, you know, be enthusiastic. But what's happening, I walk in the day room or the kitchen, when we used to sit and talk to each other and break each other's balls, they're sitting next to each other on their cell phones, you know, mm -hmm. texting, typing, looking at Facebook, looking at Instagram or whatever. And it kind of breaks up the team a bit, which prevents that spread of enthusiasm from one person to the other because they have a job, they're all excited, and then they go back and sit and start texting their other friends about the job they just had instead of talking to each other about, do you remember, did you see Bill do that? Did you see him where he put that ladder? What a great job he did. Or did you see them make that push up the staircase? They're not doing that. They're typing it to somebody else. Or on Maybe. their Facebook page. I see it. You know, it's like, yeah. and it's not always. Don't trust me. It's not always. So some of the problem is social media. Some of the problem is um, us. Some culture. of it's us old guys. Yeah, it's culture. But some of it's us, us old guys looking at all the millennials don't suck. All the millennials aren't afraid to work. They're not all, you know, looking at what I deserve and what I'm entitled to. Some of the hardworking, brilliant people, and we have to accept that and stop putting them all in the same barrel. And let me go now to the millennials. All those old guys aren't stubborn and fixed in the old days. Do you know what I mean? We have, then I'll mm -hmm. take it to racism. You know, there are people think of people from any culture, be it racial, cultural, religious, they're all the same. They're not all the same. And I think we need, culture is the big thing. We need to embrace them all and bring them all into our culture and make our culture grow into one culture instead of, and it, it's more prevalent in the volunteer service. The old guys sit in the back row and bitch and the young guys you know think that they'll never like them i think they need to come to the middle and i'll say it's the same for our politics but this is not a political show you know the left and the right need to start looking at some kind of compromise where we can meet in the middle and make things work again and the firehouse has to work it cannot fail it has to do their job and they have to make it happen um and every, every culture has a different reason the problem exists. You know, in XYZ, Volunteer Fire Department, um, this is why it exists. 
in this city fire department, there's a problem. This why this, you know, go to Buffalo, you look at their equipment, it's not in the great best condition. You know, there are lots of reasons that there's problems, but find out what they are and make it better. And both sides of this age equation, I think, needs to make it happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's it, it's it's a um, it's got to be a team effort. You know, it has to be everybody working together. It has to be nobody left behind. You know, old guys pull the young guys in. Young guys tap into the old guys. You know, it's it's uh, it, it's doable, and you see it. You know, you see it in in, in some departments. So, you know, to some extent, more. More so than in others, but uh, yeah, I, I I agree that, um, you know, uh, when when departments don't work because of these things, it's because the department's not working hard enough to fix those things. Yep. 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 You know? And people oh. aren't opening mm-hmm. their hearts and their minds to the other folks, you know. And it, it's it's so no, easy. To say, uh, it's so easy for you know someone my age to say. You know what? These young guys don't know how to do anything. So teach them. Don't ridicule them. Yeah. Or don't, you know, um, talk to the other old guys and bring them to your level and say, you know what? These guys suck. They don't suck. They're, they want to be fire. Just the fact that they're firemen puts them in a, in a, should be a level playing field with you. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, you know my, my, my philosophy, right? God, the Beatles, firefighters, and everybody else. You never be one of the Beatles, but you're above everyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Sorry. I sorry. I do. I know. I also want to so comment. My, uh... On, uh... Go ahead. Graduating class the other night, they usually give us. Uh, I might have told you this up in Syracuse. They usually give, you know, they'll give an axe or a, a halligan or, or, you know, some kind of plaque for the fire academy. And, uh, you know, it's engraved, class 133, class 134, you know, and they have a slogan and all. The class that just graduated gave us this, uh, it was like a, like a picture, I guess, like a, a 12 by 12, and it was it was the Abbey Road cover. And in the middle, it had the Maltese cross class. It said class 135 um, go, uh, from a nobody to a somebody, but still not better than the Beatles. And they all signed it all over the album cover. It was like the <laughs> coolest thing, man. It was, a, it was a, And I said it the first day they got there, and I never mentioned it again. And they all remembered it, and, and, and that was the, uh, the thing they donated to the Academy. Interesting. So cool. I love yeah. yeah, you know what? Yeah. It, it, they're, pay, they're paying attention to something. <laughs> yeah, or someone. Oh shit! You know, but um, I'm gonna sum up here because I I know you're driving around in your car, and we'll 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 cut this short so you can get back to your family. Um, okay. Thanks. Some, all 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 my thoughts today was that we need to reach across, um, get out of your firehouse. Get out of your comfort zone and train and learn and share. Um, don't look at them as the other guy. 
look at them as a brother firefighter. And I see that sometimes with city firefighters and volunteer firefighters in rural areas, that sometimes there's, ah, they're just a volunteer. I don't want to hear that. I've heard volunteers say to me, well, I'm just a volunteer. Don't ever say that. You're a firefighter. You're, you know, uh, and um, the fire don't I think know. we need, right. And it's, um, I just think it's important. We need to take care of each other and we need to learn and we need to keep sharing the knowledge. And if no one's sharing with you in your firehouse, go out and find it. There's so much going on. But bottom line, if you get a chance, get out to FDIC. You will never be the same. You can take 300 different classes. I mean, you can't, you can't do them all, but that's what's available to you. Find what excites you. Find what you need to learn. Are you going to be a new officer? Take an officer class. Um, if you're a new firefighter, take a hands-on class in hose stretching or truck company operations. Even if you don't have a truck, truck work still has to get done. So take a truck Exactly. Um, so yep. there's so much out there. Learn. People like Chief Avillo. I met a guy, Moses Jeffries from Nashville up in Syracuse. Leadership, I, I took his leadership class. I was truly impressed. First thing I did when I got home was send them an application to apply, not uh, the link to apply to FDIC. I was so impressed with his style and his the way he made people feel comfortable, you know. Um, so go find the knowledge, share the knowledge, uh, build the culture in your department. You be the catalyst if no one else is doing it. Even if you're a new guy, be the catalyst. And um, one thing before I pass off the good night to Chief Avillo, uh, if you have a chance that you can buy American or buy something made elsewhere, buy American. I know you can't always, but um, firefighters make their career firefighters make their salaries because they're not working and not paying taxes. Volunteer firefighters, they get the money from donations. If they're not working, they're not making donations. So please, if you have the opportunity to buy one or the other, um, please do. I'm using a computer right now to do this show. Um, you can't buy a computer, a laptop made in America. So um, whatever the case may be, please do that. And uh, God bless you all. And please stay safe till next month. And next month, um, going to be a different program. It's going to be pre-recorded, I believe. And there will be video with it. So um, some big changes coming up. Chief Avillo, yeah. you want to say goodnight in your uh, summation? In my what? Summation. Come on, you're a member of oh. men, so you know what summation <laughs> means. I I didn't know what you said. Uh, uh, good night, folks. Good night, everybody. Please be safe and uh, always keep training out there. You know, you when when uh, when your moment of truth uh, arrives, you'll be glad that you did. And to all the all ladies in the car. To all the ladies in the car with you, good night, ladies. You take care of that man and uh, give him a hug for me. Uh, they're already in the house. I'm sitting outside, so <laughs> love you, brother. So you go in and give them a hug. Love you too, brother. Stay safe. Good night. All right. Bye. <laughs>